Hi, welcome to another episode of Interverse Media. My name is Ashley. And I'm Audrey. And today we will be recommending some of our favorite Korean dramas, which we will be referring to as K-dramas. Today's podcast will be on romance dramas, so be on the lookout for future podcasts on other genres such as crime, human stories, or action. And just as a heads up, there may be a couple of spoilers about the plot, so please keep that in mind as you listen. We hope you enjoy. So I think we should begin with terminology or words that we will be using pretty frequently throughout the podcast. Yeah. So first I want to talk about the terms male lead and female lead. So these are the main characters of a drama, and the second male lead or second female lead typically means that there is some sort of love triangle Mm -hmm. or there is a conflict between the romance of the male lead and female lead. So they're typically the ones that do not end up with the male or female lead. Yeah, so if there's a side romance going on, we usually call that a side couple. And I think a lot of these terms can be applied to movies or American TV shows as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And another word I wanted to talk about was the word chemistry. So a lot of people in Korea use the word chemistry, or for short they say chemi. And this is used when discussing the relationship between a male lead and a female lead. So when they say someone has good chemi, it means that they look really good together and they suit each other really well. Yeah, but it would be mostly talking about the actors or actresses actually playing those roles. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So throughout the podcast, we will be referring to all the characters by the names of the actors and actresses rather than the characters. So just keep that in mind as you listen. But let's begin with the blockbusters. The first thing I think I would think of is the drama Descendants of the Sun. Yeah, that was pretty popular. It came out in 2016 and it was written by Kim Eun-suk, who is a writer pretty popular in Korea. So most of her dramas were pretty successful. And they usually involve romance between the main characters. So why don't you give us a quick introduction about this K-drama? So the male lead of this drama is Song Joong-gi, who is a captain, and the female lead is Song Hye-kyo, and she is a doctor. So the basic plot of this drama is they go to this war-torn fictional country that the author made up, And there's a team of medical volunteers that the female lead is a part of. Yeah, so one aspect that I really enjoyed about this Korean drama is that the focus wasn't too much on their romance. And there were certain scenes where the main characters were rescuing people after an earthquake and curing them and things like that. So I felt like those parts were a little bit more intriguing compared to the romance scenes. Mm -hmm. In some dramas, the plot is only made up of the romance and sometimes it can get a little boring because there's nothing else going on in there exactly another part of this drama i really liked was the side couple and i think they're one of my favorite side couples from a lot of korean dramas because the characters are really unique in their own ways so as a basic rundown the female of the side couple is the daughter of a military official and her boyfriend is also a part of the military but he's a lower ranking than her father so a lot of the time her father puts a lot of pressure onto her boyfriend but it was really fun seeing how their relationship developed along with the main couple and in addition the boyfriend was one of those characters that would do anything for her so that was really sweet to watch yeah and i guess an aspect that i liked about this side couple was They were somewhat involved with the main characters, but 
they had a story of their own. Yeah, and so once the main couple is established in the drama, it's really fun to watch the side couple develop in their own way. And rather than those dramas who only have very short snips of the side couples, I really liked how they also had their own type of character development. Exactly. So there was some change that you can see from the beginning to the end of the K-drama. So for viewers who really liked Sun Jungi's performance in this drama, another recommendation we have is this drama called Vincenzo. So that's been going on. Yes, and it's a recent one that came out not too long ago. Only a couple episodes have been aired as of right now, mm -hmm. but people who enjoy his acting might find that interesting as well. Yeah, so now let's move on to another K-drama called Guardian the Lonely and Great God. So that's known as Goblin as well, but that was the official title. Yeah, I believe that was the official title in English, but a lot of the time we just call it Goblin for short. So this drama is mainly based on a foundation of Korean folk stories. So basically, there is the idea of a goblin and a grim reaper in Korean folk stories where the Grim Reaper is the one who leads you to the afterlife after you die. And the Goblin is typically thought of as some cranky, small guy holding a club and beating people up for no reason. But this drama changed that stereotype with the male lead. So can you talk a little bit about the male lead for this drama? Yeah, so the male lead is Kongyu, and he's an immortal goblin who is looking for his bride to lift off this curse. And the curse is a sword in his chest, and the only person that can take it out is the bride. So the female lead is Kim Goon, and she's a poor high school student who suddenly appears before the goblin. And the drama is about their story together, but yeah, we'll leave it at that. If you're interested, go and watch it. Yeah, and one thing I wanted to add about the curse is that it might seem kind of obvious if a guy has a giant sword sticking out of his chest, but in this case, only the bride of the goblin can see it. Yeah, and so I think it had somewhat of an authentic twist just because there were a couple historical scenes towards the beginning and mm -hmm. a little bit throughout the rest of the K-drama. Yeah, and sometimes people tend to avoid historical dramas because they find it kind of boring, mm -hmm. but the historical moments of this drama were definitely needed to the story. And the main part of the story is in modern life. So if you are someone who tends to avoid historical dramas, you don't need to worry about this one. Yeah, and this K-drama definitely had that iconic side couple. <laughs> I really loved both the actor and actress who played the side couple, and they were somewhat related to the main characters in the past, but yeah, it was really refreshing, I guess. Yeah, I agree with that, and in a similar way to the other drama, Descendants of the Sun, mm -hmm. the side couple provided their own way of relieving the audience from some of the tension that might have been caused in the plot from the main couple. And I think this side couple also helps add a humorous twist to the story. Yeah. One similarity I see in a lot of this writer's dramas is the OSTs are really beautiful. So OSTs are the original soundtracks. Mm -hmm. And I think whoever made this music spent a lot of time in it, and I especially liked how all the lyrics reflected what actually happened in the yeah, story. Yeah, definitely. So a lot of the time, I don't really spend time listening to the lyric, but in this case, while I was watching the drama, the lyric just reached me, I guess. And especially the song Beautiful Life by the singer Crush. This became so iconic. It is so famous in Korea. 
probably a lot of other places as well. And I think the OSTs in general were just really heartwarming and they fitted the drama really well. And the OSTs for these two dramas are kind of the iconic ones where you'll continuously hear it on Korean variety shows and things like yeah, that. Yeah. So even if you don't understand Korean, we definitely do suggest that you look up the lyrics and see those translated lyrics. And these songs are so iconic, not only because the dramas did well, but the tunes are so catchy. So even if you don't watch the drama, I really hope you listen to the music. Okay, yeah. So that was a really great point. But one thing, one last thing I want to add is one major difference is, well, first of all, Goblin is a fantasy drama. Mm -hmm. And then the conflicts were pretty different between the two K-dramas. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Oh, yes. So in Descendants of the Sun, there was definitely some conflict, but it was really work-centered. And some of these conflicts came from the outside and not just the main characters. But in the drama Goblin, there was a lot of relationship-related conflicts, and it was a journey on how they would overcome these conflicts as their characters developed as well. So it's the difference between external conflicts and internal conflicts. Yeah, yeah. So for those of you who really enjoyed Kong Yu's performance, you guys might want to check out the K-drama Coffee Prince, which came out much before this K-drama, and the film Train to Busan. Yes. So let's move on to another K-drama. Do you want to introduce this one? Yes, so this one is called My Love from the Star and it's one of those iconic classic K-dramas that I think a lot of people have at least heard of if they have not watched it. And this one came out in the year 2012. So the main character of this one is actor Kim Soo-hyun. So do you want to talk a little bit about the plot of this drama? Yeah, so Kim Seon is an alien who entered Earth in the Joseon Dynasty. And so the Joseon Dynasty was the last dynasty of Korea. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the main character or the male lead has these enhanced abilities. So he's able to hear things that other people aren't able to hear. And as of right now, he is a college professor. And you mentioned that he was an alien. So I think a lot of people, when they hear the word alien, they'll think of some green monster of some sort from outer space. So can you give us a little description on what this is like? Yeah, so basically he's just a person with enhanced (laughs) abilities. So everything else pretty much stayed the same except these abilities. So yeah, there wasn't anything like visually different. (laughs) Yeah, I was kind of surprised when I read the synopsis because it said alien and I was thinking that he would have some sort of costume on the whole time, but it was just the actor. So for the female lead, it's the actress, Jeon Ji-hyun, and she's an actor in this drama who is known for lacking common sense, and she's very famous just for that. Yeah, and I think the female lead was pretty different compared to the female leads for the other K-dramas. Mm-hmm. The one thing I want to mention for this K-drama was that the second male lead was pretty bad. Oh. So usually there's this competition between the male lead and the second male lead, because again, there's probably some love triangle, but yeah, I would say that he was not my favorite. And in this one... I did not feel the tension I was expecting. Typically, in other dramas, whether it is a love triangle with two boys fighting for a girl or two girls fighting for a boy, typically, both people are so charming and attractive that we don't know who to choose. But this one, I think most of the audience was rooting for the 
main lead. And there's even this term called second lead syndrome where people prefer the second <laughs> male or female lead over the actual lead. Yeah. So, yeah, but that doesn't mean that the drama was any worse because the chemistry between the two leads was truly amazing. I think a part of that was kind of relieving to me because a lot of times in other romance dramas, there's a bunch of airtime wasted on having the love triangle, trying to come over conflict, when they're just going to end up together anyway. <laughs> so I think it saved us a lot of time, and we could really enjoy those romance scenes between the male and female lead. That being said, this K-drama was pretty fast-paced, yeah. and something that added to that was there is a little bit of mystery involved. Yeah, I would watch out for that if you <laughs> decide to watch this K-drama. Yeah, at first I thought it would be only romance, but after watching it and seeing that mystery aspect i got really intrigued yeah so for those of you guys who liked kim Seon, you guys might want to check out it's okay not to be okay and then for ton Seon, there's going to be this new k-drama called chiri mountain and additionally for chun Seon, there's also going to be the spin-off of the korean drama kingdom so if you guys are interested in that then be on the lookout for that release so the next drama is called Miss O Again, and it features Seo Hyunjin and Eric Moon. And would you like to give us a short synopsis? Sure. So the male lead, Eric Moon, is a sound director, and the female lead, Seo Hyunjin, is the assistant manager for a restaurant division. So basically, the male lead used to date another girl who had the same name as the female lead. And they were in a relationship where they were engaged and they were about to get married even. But for some reason, she left him on the day of the wedding. <laughs> and yeah, I was just really shocked when I heard about that. Yeah. And another thing that was pretty unique about the male lead is that he was a sound director. So I remember towards the beginning, there was this one scene where he was trying to create all these sound effects for a movie or a drama. And then he began to snap celery to mimic the sound of breaking bones. So yeah. I thought that was pretty weird, but interesting at the same time. Same. And another thing I remember was that for one of these scenes in the beginning, he was trying to make the sound for shoes, the heels of a actress and I didn't know that the sound directors had to add that sound in because apparently a lot of the time the sound is covered by all the other background noise so they have to put it in separately exactly so even when I was wearing heels I was always thinking you know, like how loud is the sound actually going to be when I walk across the street yeah so I guess that kind of explains that and this drama was honestly really underrated. I agree. It should have been so much more popular than it actually became. And I'm kind of sad that it got covered up over a lot of different dramas because especially during this release, it was a time where a lot of different hot Korean dramas came out. Mm -hmm. So one aspect of this K-drama was that the relationship conflicts were really realistic. Definitely. And then I really loved the female lead. And she wasn't this damsel in distress like other K-dramas, but she really stood up for herself and talked out the problems that she had. Yeah, and a lot of the times in different Korean dramas, there's this typical trope where the female leads are so petty and childish. They get mad at their boyfriends for really small things. And there's a lot of those scenes where she threatens, you know, if you don't come after me in 10 seconds, we're breaking up right now. So I really liked how she didn't waste time on that. And she was really honest with herself and stood up for herself, even if things didn't go the way she wanted to. And then the lives of both the male and female lead 
weren't really extravagant. Yeah. And so I felt the characters were much more relatable because honestly, I can't really imagine myself as a goblin or a grim reaper. Yeah, same. So I think this author also did a really good job of adding the side couple. And honestly, now that I think of it, side couples are so important to Korean dramas because if there is no side couple, it's just really intense and you might get a headache from watching the events layout. And so I think the side couple... Side couples added a lot of humor to this drama and gave it a relaxing mood, even though there were some major events. Yeah, and then for the male leads and the side couples, I felt like this drama overall was about this journey of finding each other and trying mm-hmm. to understand the other person, even if there's conflicts in between. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. So if you really enjoyed this drama, you might like the drama Hotel de Luna. Because that drama also has a very strong female lead. And the female lead for that drama is the singer Ayu, or otherwise known as Ijun. So if you really like this type of female lead, go check that out. Yeah. So our next K-drama is going to be Gobak Couple. And I want to explain the title a little bit. Mm-hmm. So in Korean, Kobik is confession. And then going back is like going back in time. So I felt like this title had two meanings in a way. Yeah, so I found that it was really interesting that the title could be interpreted in two different ways. So the male lead for this drama is Song Ho-jun, and the female lead is actress Chang Nara. So in this drama, they are a married couple, and they have a son, and they go through the problems of the difficulties of raising a young child, and the problems of working and providing for the family. So in contrast to a lot of different dramas, this started out differently. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so in a lot of K-dramas, the last scene is their wedding scene. (laughs) So they come together, they take all those pictures of their family and their friends, but this actually began with the wedding itself. So that was really unique. Mm -hmm. When I first watched this, I was thinking I was on the wrong episode because it was episode one and they start with the wedding. And I was really shocked. So what was your favorite part about this drama? For me, it was how realistic they were with the problems. So I think they talked a lot about communication problems, which eventually led to their divorce. And it's something that can be applicable to any relationship, whether that be a friendship or a romantic relationship. I think communication is really key. And you might be thinking one thing while the other person isn't and things Mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, and one of the main parts of this plot is that there's a time loop into the past so if you don't enjoy those kinds of dramas you might not enjoy this one as much so basically this couple after divorcing they end up going back into time into their college years so they met in college so this is before they got married before they started dating it's kind of a fresh slate for both of them so I think throughout their journey of going to the past, you kind of see where the misunderstandings began. Mm-hmm, yeah. And it's interesting because she goes back because she regrets marrying this person. And she even thinks about the second male lead, that she could have been in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's this one scene where this male lead also has kind of a fling with another female character, the second mm-hmm. female lead. So I found it kind of interesting how they go back... To to the past and they're regretting meeting each other and now they kind of have their own separate relationships yeah but even after that they kind of realize how much they mean to each other yeah exactly so i know that we're not going to be traveling to our past because we regret something but i felt like the message of this k-drama was pretty applicable to anyone because it's kind of saying that we should try to make the best out of what we have in the present rather than regretting it 
Mm-hmm. And one aspect of this drama that I found really funny was that their friends didn't know they came from the past. Yeah. So they had to try and cover that up, and they kind of knew too much about each other than what normal friends would know about each other. So that was a really funny thing about this drama. Yeah. Overall, this K drama was really touching mm-hmm. to say it or to put it in one word. Yeah. So the next drama we're going to talk about is Healer. Can you introduce the characters? Yes, so Healer is a romance drama, but it is also an action drama, or can mm-hmm. be considered that yeah. as well. So it features Ji Chang-wook and Pang Min-young, and Ji Chang-wook, who is the male lead, runs errands illegally, and he makes money <laughs> off of it. And then Pang Min-young is adopted. She wants to find her biological parents, but she's pretty content with the life that she has right now, with her father, who was a lawyer, but right now he runs a cafe. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those things where... It can only happen in dramas, but it was still really fun to watch. And one of the main parts of the plot was uncovering what happened between some friends in the past that impacted their lives now. So this included political powers trying to cover up these events, and it alluded to actual political problems in Korea. So that was a really interesting thing to watch. Yeah, I realized that later. Like, I learned about the actual political problems of Korea a little bit later after mm-hmm. I watched the K-drama. Yeah. But either way, I felt like that was pretty interesting. And I guess in a way, once you actually allude to real problems, that's kind of a message from the writer yeah. of the drama. So another aspect of this K-drama was reporting. So the female lead tries to become a reporter, and that's a pretty important aspect. And it also includes the action from Chi chang So I think based on the way that we explained it, this drama might seem really confusing for people. But if you see it, you'll kind of understand how these different aspects or genres are integrated yeah, with each other. Yeah, I really liked how this author intertwined many different genres. Yeah. So it included mystery, action, humor, romance, all of that. And one character I really wanted to mention was a skilled hacker that helps the male lead. And I really liked her charismatic character because this actress plays the role of a mom of a lot of the female leads in different dramas. But in this one, it was a really unique role. Like you said, I really loved this character. She was honestly my favorite character. And yeah, it was just wow, seeing her (laughs) trying to hack through all those computers. (laughs) I know it sounds really bad, but it was actually cool in the drama. Yeah. But anyway, moving on, if you liked Pang Minyoung, you might want to look for what's wrong with Secretary Kim. So the next drama we're going to talk about is Strong Woman Tongsun. So the male lead of this drama is Park Kyung-sik, and the female lead is Park Bo-young. So the female lead inherited a superpower from her ancestors, where the females in her family are super strong, and they're strong enough to easily lift a bus. But this doesn't mean that they're muscular or super tall or anything, they just have the normal looks of an average person. So the male lead works as the CEO of his own gaming company. Can you tell me a little bit about the interesting parts of this drama? Yeah, so to add on to what you said, Park Boyang ends up working as the male lead secretary. So she's basically the bodyguard, and a lot of people are skeptical about it because she doesn't appear to be strong. So in a way, for me at least, it was really satisfying to see that she was able to stand up for herself and her friends. I definitely agree with that because her figure is really just plain and average. She's shorter 
than the male lead and no one would expect her to be the bodyguard of some really tall guy because he looks like he can handle himself. Yeah, it's so cool to see a female bodyguard. <laughs> that was really cool. And there were also kidnapping cases in this K-drama. Yeah. So for those people who really love crime TV shows, this probably isn't that much because it's only about a third of the plot, but it was still a little bit scary for me. Yeah, and also I think this was more of a thriller part instead of horror because it's not meant just for scaring people. It was important to the plot. But just like you said, I think the majority of this is just a lovey-dovey romance between the female lead and the male lead. Yeah, and I love the side characters. I don't think there was a side couple, but for example, there was another secretary or worker under the male lead, and his reactions to every scene where the main leads were really lovey-dovey was just really funny. Honestly, same. I think his reactions made me laugh more than them sometimes. And everyone at the company was so unique. Yeah, they each had their own individual characters, and a lot of them were so funny to watch as well. Yeah, remember there was one scene when the female lead bent a spoon? A, yeah, or she, a so there was some other person in her company who was kind of looking down on her. So she went to the cafeteria and normally people would expect her to beat him up or something, but she took the utensils there and she bent it onto the person's wrist and made a bracelet out of a spoon, a metal spoon. Yeah, so that was pretty funny. So again, as you can probably tell, this K-drama has a lot of humor integrated with the main plot and the characters. And I think Park Hyun-sik and Park Bo-young were kind of seen as the iconic couple throughout this drama. Yeah, I remember thinking they were so cute and that is just the ideal life. <laughs> Alright, so the last romance drama of... Our podcast is When the Camellia Blooms. So can you give us a overview of this drama? Yeah, so this K-drama is pretty much a mix of romance, human story, drama, and crime. So it <laughs> honestly has all those aspects or all the genres that you might be looking for. So the main characters are Kang Hanil and Hong Yujin. So Hong Yujin is a single mother with a kid and she opens this bar called Camellia. And then Kang Hanil is this police officer. So why don't you talk a little bit more about their relationship? So I think the main takeaway that most viewers can take from this couple is that the male lead is so sweet to the female lead and I don't think there were a lot of other dramas where the male lead is just willing to do anything for the female lead. Exactly. So she rejects him in the beginning, but he continues to approach her and then he's willing to be next to her despite anything that happens. And yeah. I think one reason why this might not be in a lot of K-dramas is because it's somewhat unrealistic. But at the same time, yes, I thought female lead was super sweet as well. Mm -hmm. But going back to the female lead, I do want to mention that the bar that she opens is a little bit different from those stereotypical American bars or even the ones mentioned in K-dramas. Right, so a lot of the time when we say bar, typically people think of that dark, dimly lit room with a bunch of wine glasses. But her bar was more of a combination of a restaurant, but she still sold alcohol there. Yeah. And it gave more of a comforting, warm vibe that welcome to the people of the community. Yeah, so the female lead had a hard time in the beginning because a lot of people had a negative perception about her because she worked at a bar. Mm -hmm. So this is pretty big in Korean dramas at least, but if you're working at a bar or if you're involved with someone that does, people generally criticize you or your family, yeah. even if you're just trying to make money. Mm -hmm. And in a lot of Korean crime dramas, a lot of cases begin in bars. So 
They try to track bar owners because they're typically associated with having a suspicious aura or something. So I think that's one of the reasons why most people have a negative perception of bars. Yeah. And we kind of see this later on with her young son. He's just an elementary school student, but a lot of the kids around him, once they figure out that his mom has opened a bar, they kind of belittle him and they look down on him a lot. Yeah, and so I guess another reason is because he doesn't have that dad or a male figure in his life. Yeah, so I think that was really important. But I also liked how big of a role this child actor had mm-hmm. in this K-drama. So typically in Korean dramas, the child actor, they just play the younger version of the male and female leads. Mm-hmm. But I felt like he had more of a prominent role because you can kind of see how he grew up from a young child to an older one, how he matured, how he was a little bit more involved in his mother's life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I really liked that unique part of this drama. And this trope that a lot of K-dramas have is that the male lead is really stuck up and he's arrogant. He thinks that he's the best, just the best person in the world. But this male lead was really sweet, as I mentioned before. He was really caring. And even if she had a lot of difficulties throughout her life, he still supported her. And one of those things is that as a single mother, she has to raise the child on her own. It's typically not well thought of for a married woman with a child to have a fling with a single guy. And despite that, he still supported her throughout the entire drama. So I think he was the only one that didn't really have that prejudice against her when he first met her. So this drama takes place in a countryside, so countrysides usually are are well known to have a strong sense of community. So the entire community is eventually there for the female lead. But in the beginning, they still have this prejudice against her. So, So I felt like that was pretty unique. Yeah. And one thing that was also unique about this drama is that the male and female leads, they're more mature than a lot of different romances because they're not the class of teenagers or kids in their 20s that fight over little things, but they're mature, they have their own lives, and they're independent well before they got to know each other. So do you want to talk a little bit about the aspect of crime in this drama? Yes. So... First of all, the serial killer scared me so much. I was really scared throughout the entire drama. But I think you guys should still watch it because it is a great K-drama, but just be aware that there might be a couple of scary scenes. So so basically, there was the serial killer who was threatening to kill the female lead. And then throughout the drama, they were trying to figure out who the killer was. Yeah, that was honestly really scary for me too because the author left hints here and there, but they never really made it clear until later. Yeah, so one thing I want to mention is in a lot of K-dramas, they're not really graphic about it. Like, you don't really see the killing happening or anything like that, but it's honestly the suspense that was so scary because, yeah, there were just scenes where the killer was approaching her and things like that, and it was, yeah. And I think especially in American entertainment, these killing scenes are what makes it scary, but I think the writer was just really amazing to have written this story and make the audience feel that way, even if they're not seeing it happen. This author helped build that suspense through the power of their writing, and I really liked how they didn't rely solely on those graphic, gory scenes. Yeah, it wasn't the blood. It was the music, it was the angles, the transitions, everything like that, that really made this drama Mm -hmm. have that suspense. Yeah, and so I think it was really interesting to have a mix of romance with thriller, 
and human story. There was a mix of so many different genres, and first off, you might think that this is going to be so chaotic, but again, I think the author did a really great job wrapping all these things into one. Yeah, so I think we covered a lot of Korean dramas, and I'm really glad that we were able to talk about so many different genres within romance, I guess. Yeah, so why don't you give a couple of recommendations of where to find these K-dramas? So for those of you who would like to watch the dramas for free, Dramacool or Kisajin are the most reliable websites for consistently updated and free dramas. And then I just want to mention that if you guys are watching a new drama, then in the beginning, it might say raw. So you guys should wait until it says subtitles, unless you can understand Korean. Right, so basically raw means that it hasn't been translated yet, and that might take a couple of hours. And so some other websites you might want to use are Viki or On Demand Korea, but these have you pay after a certain amount of time, so they're not always free. And finally, Netflix is the most reliable for good captions and good quality, but then again, you need to subscribe and pay for it. So yeah, I hope you guys can find these dramas at ease. Yes. So throughout the podcast, I think we touched upon a lot of pretty well-known Korean dramas, but I do hope that we introduced a couple of the more underrated ones. So thank you for listening, and we hope that you can dive in and enjoy these Korean dramas as much as we did. If you're interested in other Korean dramas with other genres, stay tuned for more updates. Bye! Bye!